Welcome everyone to episode 13 of Love My Sheep. I am your host, Miss Lydia. And in this episode, I am going to share about finding joy in grief. In the last episode, I had shared that I always needed to see God's hand and that I'd pray that I would not allow any circumstance to be larger than his hand. If I can still see God's hand, then I know he's near me. We hear this verse quoted often. Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. No matter what our grief is, if we desire God's presence by allowing every thought and every emotion to be minimized because our true desire is the presence of God, in the midst of our trial, we can also experience joy in sadness. This may seem like a bit of an oxymoron, but sadness does not belong to the Lord. And that is something we experience in the flesh. But joy comes from the Lord. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, as we see in Galatians 5, verse 22. As we know, everything that comes from the Lord is powerful. It is louder and greater, but our desire for it has to be louder and greater than our desires in the flesh to really experience it. One of the most memorable experiences in my childhood was when I was eight years old. My father and my sister were hospitalized at the time, which was a seven hour drive away. It was just my mom and I that were home. We were in our living room and she was sitting on the couch to my right while I laid on my belly with my homework in front of me in front of the television. I had to draw a grizzly bear for a report I was doing. I began to cry because drawing was my dad's thing. I did not know how to draw. He would help me. I had the marker in my hand with the paper in front of me and all of a sudden my hand just began to draw. And when I was done, I was amazed at how great the spare looked. It was recognizable. My mom did not understand my excitement and I jumped up to show my dad who would have normally been sitting on the chair to my left. I wanted to say, dad, look, I did it, but he was not there. And while I felt short changed to not have a witness to that moment, it was an intimate moment with God. That was such a precious moment that stayed with me because I saw the Holy Spirit was going to teach me many things like drawing that bear. In his presence is fullness of joy, even in our sad moments. John 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In our down moments, we can still be of good cheer, knowing Jesus has overcome it. It seems so easy to just say it. But what do we do when we allow things to spiral out of control and we throw our hands up and say, well, God, there's no way out of this one. In moments when we have allowed our circumstances to overtake us, which happens and we are human, but there will be no TV show, no movie, no comfort food, no book, no song, no podcast, no photo, no person, no purchase, no trip, no game, no sport 
no activity or distraction that will heal us like Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, as we read in John 14, verse 6. A temporary feel-good moment when we self-soothe many times can just bring us lower or extend our low moment. Jesus is our great physician, and we look to him in that capacity for physical healing, maybe more often than our emotional healing. But he is a wonderful, timely healer of the brokenhearted. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Our life is on God's watch. And as we did not choose the time of our birth, we have no entitlement to choose the timing of our healing. We are not the author of our lives. So I know to not trust my narrative of my circumstances and so many times I will say, I don't know why God is doing it this way. But that is okay. My duty is simply to trust and obey. Is there really any other way? Oh, it seems so much easier to say. I'm um, okay, now this is starting to sound like another author, but I digress. Relinquishing control first starts with the mind. Taking every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We measure that by aligning our thoughts with the word of God. As I referenced in the last episode, which I will not quote again, but it is Philippians 4 verse 8. How do I find joy when it is a domino effect of tragedies? Many times when I was in the thick of unusually bad circumstances, I was grateful that it was me and not anyone else. Maybe it says on my forehead, willing to take one for the team. Actually, if I'm not good at something competitive, I will be a happy, horrible player. So nobody has to feel bad for coming in last because I can be the one who loses to console the second to last and say, well, at least you're better than I am. Look at me. I scored a negative number. And yes, that did happen in real life. I think it is important to not take ourselves seriously, but to take life seriously. And there is a difference. Only by the grace of God can I count it all joy when I fall into various trials. In accordance with James 1 verse 2, for God tests our faith to build our character when we are truly joyful in the Lord. It is evidenced in the way we deal with life and the way we deal with people. We will not shy away from communication and we will pour out God's love into everyone joyfully without hindrance. So let us seek God in all things, seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, not for the benefits but because he is Lord. I leave you with Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until next time, know that I love you and the Lord loves you the most.